happens, you're indoctrinating your patients. You're talking, you're literally whispering in their ear about your products and your processes. And, and these are people who are already interested in them. The moment that they set foot in your office and you've never met them, they already know you because you've been talking to them. So Welcome to the Care Frontiers podcast, the show where we interview thought leaders in healthcare to share with us their expert knowledge in business branding and marketing. If you're a practitioner, medical business owner, or an executive, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Sliman Bahuri, and in today's episode, we'll talk about how you can treat your practice as a more of a business owner and the less of an employed physician. Today's guest will share with us his strategies for thriving medical business. Make sure to tune in all the way through for more details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Care Frontiers podcast, where we bring healthcare professionals to share with us their own experience running a successful medical business. I have today with me the founder of Practice Growth Formula and the podcast in a box company, Dr. Ernesto Gutierrez. Welcome to the show, doctor. Hi, Sliman. Thank you for uh, having me. So, Doc, before we get into any of the content, tell me a bit about what you're doing right now and how your two companies are helping healthcare professionals. Yes, of course. So I'm a, I'm a former practicing uh, physician myself, um, but a couple of years to, to doing that despite really enjoying it and liking it and uh, figuring out a way to make it financially successfully. <laughs> I, um, my wife and I, we wanted to have more time freedom and more travel freedom, and uh, we didn't like being stuck in, in the one place. So we, we figured out a way to design a business that would allow us to do just that. And uh, once, once we did that, and we figured out that there are other ways to leverage a medical degree, um, and one of them is actually helping other doctors uh, run their businesses more efficiently, more effectively, uh, more profitably, with less stress and less overwhelm, and uh, to live the lifestyle that they want. Um, that's what we've been focusing our time in right now. As you and I were talking before we began, uh, been living in Spain. We've been here for a little over 18 months, actually closer to two, to two years by now. And um, and it's great, and I still I still run a, a multinational uh, business. We've got clients in the U.S., we've got clients in the U.K., we've got clients uh, still in Mexico. We've got we just signed up a client here in Spain, and so it's 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 very freeing. It's really good being able to help other doctors uh, leverage their degree, serve their patients in a way that they're satisfied with. We're fighting burnout, and they're making good money, so it's a it's a good trade off. I like it. I like the remote angle you're taking, especially in this COVID era. So, Dr. Ernesto, I know that one of your mission is to make entrepreneurship more accessible to healthcare professionals. How has it all led you to embarking on this journey? What was your tipping point? Well, one of the things that bothered me the most um, was noticing that a lot of doctors, uh, a lot of people that I went to medical school with, uh, they were turning to agreeing really because that's what we were doing we were just agreeing to become cogs in this industry in the healthcare industry and we thought that that's the right thing to do because that way we can just focus on on serving our patients and somebody else can run the business but but in reality this is this is really in my it is my deep belief that 
this is the reason why healthcare is so broken because as doctors we've relinquished control of the business of healthcare and now the people making the decisions people making the policies people people making the the the, the important calls they've never actually treated a patient they've never served a patient they don't know what it is like to to serve somebody in in that capacity they don't understand the nuances of delivering healthcare services and so that's what we're seeing all these problems and so in order to reverse that, we need more physician entrepreneurships. We need more physician, um, more physicians who are self-employed, more physicians who are running their own practice, doing it successfully, serving patients in their own capacity to the best of their abilities. And and that's why I focus so much of my time in, in, in helping these doctors because as it started happening a couple of years ago uh, or several years ago, really, this, this comes back from this, you know, from the seventies when doctors started relinquishing control of, of their practices, you go to medical school and nobody teaches you how to run a practice anymore. And you learn from rotations, you learn clinical skills, you learn how to treat patients, how to solve their clinical problems, but nobody teaches you and you don't learn from the people who are practicing how to run a practice because everyone's an employee. So you're basically just being taught that that's the way to go. And most doctors believe that it's unsafe to run your own practice and that it's risky. And, and that's my mission to teach them, show them that, that no, it's not help them equip them with the tools, with the strategies, with the knowledge that they need a lot of the times, with the help that they need, the hands-on help that they need so that they can run their own independent practice more successfully. And that's really the goal of what we're trying to achieve uh, with, with all of our companies. That's really interesting because uh, this uh, kind of relinquishing of the of the of the actual of the business side of thing, uh, it's more prominent in the healthcare industry. Why is that the case? Why is that the healthcare professionals they don't involve themselves as deep as all in the business side of things as other industries or other uh, professionals? What happens is that a lot of the times doctors will, f you know, there's there's so much there's so much red tape, there are so many regulations, there are so many things that, that it, it has become very complex. And the reason it has become very complex is because we're bringing in a lot of different players who want a piece of the $11.8 trillion per year healthcare business worldwide, right? Um, and so doctors, they, you know, nobody went to medical school with the purpose of running a healthcare practice or very few of them. Most of them went to medical school, most of us went to medical school with the idea, with the intent of helping people overcome their health challenges. And so, because nobody teaches you, us how to do business properly, once we go out and we start seeing these difficulties, we tend to think that it's so hard and we just don't want to have anything to do with it. And we say, you know what, just give me the patience and you handle the business as long as you pay me okay, then, then, then it's fine. But in reality, that is the riskiest position that we can be in because then somebody else is telling us how to practice. Somebody else is telling us um, what what tests we can order, what medications we can prescribe, what is going to be reimbursed, what are the what are the treatment possibilities that we can do. We we don't have that freedom anymore, and that's what's contributing to the to the burnout and the overwhelm of physicians. And to answer your question, I believe the reason why this started happening is because it it, it began on a well-intentioned decision of from physicians to say, you know what, I just want to focus on dealing with my patients and from people on the other side as well. So who are now hospital administrators back in the day, and they began as, as just business majors saying, hey, listen, I'll help you with the business side of things so that you can focus on running your practice. And, and, and it's crazy because you very well said it. it. This only happens in medicine. You would never imagine something like this. And the example that I always give is like, you would never imagine in the military somebody 
getting to the rank of general and making <laughs> these battlefield decisions who has never served as a soldier. And that's exactly, exactly what's happening in healthcare. You have CEOs of, of hospital systems who have never been in the same room with a patient unless it's a relative that they're visiting. Yeah, that's what what's mind-boggling to me. And I like that you're actually going against the stream and advocating for business and entrepreneurship in healthcare. Speaking of which, uh, what, what were some of the challenges you faced when you first transitioned to this side of things? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's something, it was something new to you. And how did you navigate the, the, the challenges that you faced? Well, the challenges were everything. It was it was doing something that I had never done before. I mean, I've always been entrepreneurial since since I was a kid, uh, you know, having different businesses and stuff. Um, but you know, when I started running healthcare practices and in our own practice, I really didn't know what the heck I was doing, and 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 they were failing miserably uh, because I thought it was all a matter of, of buying an ad here, buying ads there. And, uh, you know, how, how do you get more patients? Well, we just get more ads, but I didn't understand anything about marketing, anything about patient satisfaction, anything about, you know, delivering services, creating an offer, uh, anything of anything I didn't really know. So I had to go out there and, and learn this. And just like many, many doctors, I came up in a system that teaches me to solve problems. So the first thing that I would normally think about is, how can I learn this? And and, and then came the, the stupid ideas of, oh, I'm just going to go get an MBA. And I see so many doctors get MBAs, and that, that is the stupidest way to, to, to spend another $50,000. Uh, because if, if you want to... If you finish medical school and then suddenly you say, you know what, I want to go into into corporate because I want to go into the pharmaceutical industry and climb the ranks, then sure, go get an MBA because that's going to be important. If all you want is to run your own practice, the last thing you need is an MBA. What you need is real life experience and what you need is a mentor and a guide. And, and, and it's a question of, of who and not how. So my biggest challenge was overcoming that, overcoming my tendencies to think, how can I solve this problem? How am I going to learn these things? How am I going to do these things? And instead start thinking, who? Who can I bring in to do this part of the business? Who can I bring in who loves to do this and, and do that? And then my role was to be the leader. Instead of bringing somebody in and letting them do it and run as they own and, and and me becoming just a cog, it was okay. I want to lead this project, but I want to surround myself with people that are that are incredibly capable at their respective areas, so that they can do those things instead of, of me having to go out there and learn, you know, learn marketing and learn sales and learn copywriting and learn how to design a website and learn how to post on social media and learn how to, you know, create PR campaigns. That was that was probably the biggest challenge. And and once once I overcame that. That's when I got the idea of, you know what, this is what I need to start doing for doctors. That's actually what we do at both of my companies, you know, Practice Growth Formula and the Podcast in a Box. We become that who for doctors who have an idea, who have a vision, and we just help them execute it. Yeah, that's a common dilemma I uh, you see when talking to physicians is that there's really slow acceptance when it comes to outsourcing their work or they might feel that they need to do everything themselves to make it perfect or it's it's a uh, it's good to have this uh, perfectionist but it might hinder your progress and you should embrace delegation because it will make your your life more uh, easier. So Look, I've read one of your articles about 
the different methods to grow a brand. I know you're big on podcasting and uh, I really want to know why do you think podcasting is, is the way to go for doctors as opposed to other channels? Well, I mean, podcasting is just a medium, right? It's it's just a medium of distributing content. Um, and as I was just talking to my partner yesterday at Podcast in the Box, and I said, at the end of the day, what we do at Podcast in the Box is, is content marketing. Uh, some companies emphasize on let's help you create videos. Some others say, I'm going to create articles for you. Some others say, I'm going to do social media. This is about creating audio content. And the reason I like audio content is so much is because every single practicing doctor that, that I know and that you know and that everyone knows is already doing this. They just don't realize it. If you ask any doctor who's been in practice for longer than six months and you tell them, what are the top 15 questions that you have answered more than, more than 10 times in your office, they will be able to tell you what those questions are and they'll be able to tell you right away the answer that they give their patients, right? Because these are common things that they probably answer. So so there's the, the idea is right there is like, okay, so why don't you record them? And now you have them as an asset that is that is serving your patients that so they don't necessarily have to ask those questions. It's something that if a lot of them are asking them to you, it's because a lot of them want to know these the answers to these questions, right? So it's very easy. The, the reason I like podcasting for doctors is because it's very easy for them to create it. When you think about an article, perfectionism comes in and, and they want it to be perfect and they spend hours looking for references and they want to cite every article and they want to make sure that it's not cherry picked and they want to make sure that it's double and triple, which doesn't exist triple blind, but you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that, you know, and, and they want it to be all super ultra scientific and they want to cover all their bases. And if you talk about video, now they think that they need to go out there and buy a camera and lighting and a studio and get a video <laughs> editor and, and whatnot. Podcasting, you do it in your own time. You can you can literally record like in bed. You can you can record in, in a hotel room. You can record early in the morning. You can record late at night. You can you can do all sorts of things. And and then it's just a matter of, of you have a conversation. You have audio format that you can just hand over. And, and that's what we do at Podcast in a Box. Doctors just record their podcast. They send it over to us and we create everything else. We do the marketing. We, we do, you know, the, the, the editing, the transcription, the marketing of it, the making sure that people share it, um, making sure that people, you know, discover it. But, but the thing is, it's just an asset like everything else that they're doing. Now, suddenly we have doctors who have a library of 300 episodes. So when a patient comes in and, um, and, and you know, for instance, we have this plastic surgeon, right? And, and, and he does a lot of cosmetic surgeries. And now when somebody books in a consultation, they ask, what are they thinking about? And they say, you know what? I, I, I'm thinking of doing something, you know, mommy makeover or breast augmentation or, or tummy tuck or something like that. Now the people who are booking these consultations, they're able to book these consultations and they're also sending these patients they're like, oh, by the way, um, you know, the doctor has recorded these five podcast episodes on that topic. So make sure that you listen to them uh, before you come in. So what happens? You're indoctrinating your patients. You're talking, you're literally whispering in their ear about your products and your processes. And, and these are people who are already interested in them. The moment that they set foot in your office and you've never met them, they already know you because you've been talking to them. So it's, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and when, when used correctly, and I think just like with every other medium, the important thing to consider about podcasting is that you need to do it right. 
the hard part is not recording as most people think. When, when I talk to somebody and they're like, oh my God, you want to charge us how much? Because we normally charge seven to $10,000 to launch a podcast. And they say, you want to charge $10,000 for launch a podcast? My kid's got one and it didn't spend <laughs> you know, anything for that. And I said, yes. But the problem is that nobody's listening to your kid's podcast. And what we need, we need to figure out, it, it, it is an asset. So we need to create a brand. We need to figure out who's going to listen to it. We need to figure out who we're going to target, the, the, the topics that we're going to be covering, the, the graphics, what it's going to look like, what the, the copy, all of those things, because we want people to listen to it. And because it is an asset that is going to continue growing and in value for you and your practice eventually. And it's going to continue delivering patients to you in 10 years. So you produce it once and you have it there forever. And that's why I like it so much because it's easy to produce when it's well planned out and then it serves you forever and you don't have to pay salary. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. They're constantly selling for you right there. Yeah, and the one point I wanted to drill home, uh, I think this is point you made in your article, is that podcasting is uh, also easy to syndicate to other forms of, uh, let's say, media. You can make uh, you can make one episode and make uh, an article out of it. You can make uh, a lot of video out of it. You can transcribe it. You can do a lot of things with one pot with one with one recording of the episode. So. And exactly. Also, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 a great point. Thank you for bringing that up because that that is again that is something that we do for for our clients. They record an episode, but then from that episode, we not only have the podcast episode, we have a video that goes on YouTube. We have little little um, uh, snippets that go on Instagram, that go on Facebook, that go on Twitter. We've got an article from the pot from the transcript we've got the show notes so we've got a bunch of content some of it evergreen that we reposted eventually uh so so literally you create one asset and that feeds your entire marketing structure and that's what i mean it's important to plan it ahead of time because if not you're just spending time recording and nobody's going to listen to it and you're not going to be leveraging it it's like bringing an employee and just letting them slack off yeah, there is a lot of work going into just, it's not just uh, recording and uploading it. There is a lot, a plethora of things to do. And uh, companies like uh, Podcast in a Box, I can see how this is helpful for a medical professional because I don't, I don't think that they will ever can or have the time to do a lot of things while staying on top on their role as a practitioner is just too much and you will be spreading yourself too thin. So speaking of uh, practice growth formula, I really want to go deep into your, uh, your this uh, company of yours and can you walk us through us what you do to with your client in, in practice growth formula first and, yes, how, sure. how, so and how can that help medical professionals? Yeah, so originally Practice Growth Formula was a, a consultancy agency uh, that I started building on the side while I was still practicing. And uh, some of my friends who you know, are also, also physicians, they would, they would ask me questions. They said, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I started helping them out with their marketing, with their business strategy, with you know, recruiting, growing a team, and all these things that are necessary for, for, for a business, right? And, and, and they started getting results. And, and eventually, they started recommending me to some of their friends who were also doctors whom I had never met. And when people I had never met started contacting me wanting business advice, I started charging for it and um and, and so that's you know a business with business was born right there and uh, when we decided when my wife and i decided that we wanted to have more um more location freedom uh, it was a very easy transition into doing this full time and originally was just a, a consultancy and then i realized that a lot of doctors who are currently employed 
Uh, because originally I was just working with doctors who already had started their practice. They had already taken the leap and they were struggling. So we helped them get out of the, whatever slump they were in. But, but then we also noticed that a lot of doctors wanted to get out of being employed because they, they didn't like being told how to practice. They didn't like being told how much they could make. They didn't like being told uh, the hours that they needed to work. They didn't like being mistreated by insurance, by pharma, by ev pretty much everyone, right? But they really didn't, they were very overwhelmed by all the steps and all the things that they needed to consider, right? Like, okay, I'm gonna need a logo. I'm gonna need uh, legal advice. I'm gonna need um, to set up and, and separate LLC. I'm gonna need to set up systems. I'm gonna need to set up a, an email marketing platform. I'm gonna need to set up a strategy. So, so I realized that we already had this network of people that we were already working with. So I said, you know what, what if you, if instead of you having to go out there and, and interview a freelancer graphic designer and a freelancer a video editor and a freelancer VA and a freelancer this and a freelancer that, what if you just hired the one person? And, and in this case, it's us for, 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 for the amount that you would pay for one good full-time salaried employee and you have everything. We'll build a business for you. And we'll help you get it off the ground and get you up to the next level. So that's what we, that's what we designed. It's called uh, PGF Lux, which is our practice growth formula Lux. And it's, we help them build luxury practices from the ground up. We help them strategize, create the, 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 the ideal target, create everything that's needed. If they need graphic design, it's included. If they need audio design, video, um, podcasting, pretty much anything. And they just have the one point of contact. They don't have to be chasing freelancers all over the place. They don't have to be figuring out what they need. We provide all of that for them. And that's been very well received. I mean, 2020, despite everything that was happening, it was it was a great year for us because doctors realized that they were in a very fragile position. They realized that, you know what, if I don't start taking control of this, I don't know. They, they, I mean, I might get terminated any time. Doctors were getting their hours cut. They were getting, you know, the the they were getting uh, downsized. They were getting fired. Some of them. Uh, they were getting their practices closed. They didn't know how to pivot and create an online business suddenly. So they were losing their income um, almost overnight. So that's that's what we did, and that's been working very well. We have we have a, a large team of people that we work with, and it's a very high touch program. It's a very exclusive program, but it's 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 very rewarding. We help them build a luxury practice that they're that they really enjoy, and it is around. It's a practice built around their lifestyle, as opposed of trying to build your lifestyle around whatever time your practice leaves you. That's really cool. What I like the most about practice growth formula is that it's owned by someone who has been in the trenches and knows the industry. It's not just anyone that no one. So really cool stuff there. Uh, Doc, if you had to start from the beginning of your journey as an entrepreneur, what would you do differently? As an entrepreneur, I don't know, because like I said, I began very early on and I've, I've liked it. I've, I've learned from all of my mistakes. What I, what I would definitely do, and this is something as well, that now that you bring it up, I, I do want to put in a shameless plug here that I am offering to mentor young doctors who are in residency uh, and getting ready to go out there and practice and help them teach them the ropes. And, and this is a mentoring program. It's it's free. I'm not charging them anything for this. They, they do have to apply, right? Um, so that they can learn some of the ropes and, and they can practice on their own. So what I would, I personally would do is if I was getting ready to practice, if I was in medical school, I would definitely focus and double down on building, creating and nurturing a personal brand. I see so many doctors that are, that are forgetting about this. And, and it's a great time for you as you're going through medical school to start documenting your journey and start creating, you know, an Instagram profile or a Facebook page or a 
you know, TikTok, whatever they call the TikTok thingies um, <laughs> or a podcast, right? Where you're, where you're documenting your journey and, and you're sharing your expertise and you might say, well, I'm not still a doctor and that's fine because you're not giving medical advice, but you are already more knowledgeable than and in health than 99% of the world population. So you can be valuable. What's going to happen is that if you start doing that, you will eventually find ways um, find ways to monetize that, whether it is with a, with a book deal, whether it is with you know with uh, with sponsored messages, whether it is just with attention. Because if you're if you're a person that is now followed by 150,000 people on Instagram, and suddenly you're faced with another person who has equivalent scores, and you're both fighting for the same residency spot at say Johns Hopkins or any other highly coveted. Um, residency spot in, in the country or elsewhere, you can actually leverage that and say, you know what? Yeah, but I'm very well known. There's 150,000 people that are following me because of my health advice and that I'm going to now be posting from your hospital. So that's that's leverage right there. Or you can start getting yourself booked for speaking engagement and you can start becoming a keynote speaker. And, and, and the great thing about this is that it really just puts you out there and gives you options. And then if at the end of the day, you just want to be an employee, it's fine. But then it's your decision. You're no longer forced into that. So the one thing I would do differently, I would definitely start building a personal brand very, very early on, whether it was writing articles, like I said, whatever, whatever you enjoy, writing articles, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, whatever you want, but, but be consistent about it and understand that it is a long journey. It is, it is, it is for the long term. You're don't expect to go viral in three months. You just expect to be consistent. Yeah, it's a great advice, especially it's it's a nice way to increase the or expand your sphere of influence from the from the get go. So exactly, doc, Dr. E, I, any takeaways or book recommendation to share with the listeners? So if you're going to start building a personal brand or something along those lines, I cannot start, I cannot emphasize more the importance of, of learning a couple of the tricks. And, you know, you can go to the typical and Gary Vaynerchuk, like jab, 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 right hook. It's still a classic. Um, I really like Marcus Sheridan's They Ask You Answer, and that's about content marketing, but that will, that will teach you how to be transparent as a business owner. Um, David Meerman Scott's uh, The New Rules of, 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 of PR. Um, it's actually The New Rules of Marketing and PR or so, something along those lines. And it's the seventh edition and it's phenomenal as well because it touches upon many of these different aspects. And, and his other book, Phenocracy, is also great, great, great. And those are, those are phenomenal learning resources. And if I may, I wanted to offer for your listeners, if somebody's listening to this and, and thinking, you know what, I want to start a podcast, we put together a checklist and you can just get it for free, uh, podcastinthebox.co um, forward slash Cure Frontiers. And, um, and, 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 and you can just get the checklist right there. And it's going to guide you step by step. What are the things you need? And it's a, it's a no flaw thing from start to finish. Very easy, very straightforward. You can have a podcast up and published in, in a matter of hours. Um, of course, you know, Apple takes a while to approve it, but, but your podcast will be up and ready in a, in a matter of hours if you, if you follow the steps in that checklist. Because the most important thing is just to get your stuff out there. Forget your perfectionism. You're not serving anyone by keeping a podcast episode, by keeping an article, by keeping a video in, in, in 
you know, as, as, as you keep perfecting it and as you keep making it better and better, just publish it. As, as Seth Godin says, just ship it. Um, as, as soon as you finish, and you should be a little bit embarrassed, especially at first, but, but then you can, you can build better things afterwards. So, um, so yeah, that's, those, are, those are my pieces of, of, of advice for, in that regard. Thank you so much, Dr. Ernesto, for taking the time and uh, this such uh, insightful advi advice, even to me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. So if you want to reach Dr. Ernesto, you can connect with him on LinkedIn at DRErnestoMD. And if you'd like more of Dr. Ernesto, he co-hosts the Entrepreneur MD podcast. So make sure to tune in to that. You can also visit uh, the website uh, pgformula.com and learn more about Dr. E's uh, business consulting programs. And if you're too busy and want to start your own show, you, you can head over to podcastinabox.co uh, or co and check out their Don't For You podcast service. Dr. Ernesto, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, thank you so much. For the invite it's always a pleasure being able to hopefully inspire other healthcare professionals into going going into business for themselves and and it's not only for themselves but it is for their patients their patients are are, are better served if they are able to practice to the best of their ability so as long as i can do that i'm always happy to join you you are most welcome all right ladies and gentlemen that was dr ernesto gutierrez 